0: What is the meaning of life? What is the goal of your life? What do you live for? What do you strive for? But maybe more importantly, what do you get from life? What is it that you will receive at the end of it all? What will you have achieved? That question is, is probably more important now than it may have ever been in your life. What are you living for? Why are you living? As we look at 1 Peter, as we look at what God's Word says to us now, and particularly on this Resurrection Sunday, we remember what Jesus has done for us in His death, but particularly today, His Resurrection. What does the resurrection have to do with our life today? What purpose, what meaning does it give us? Does it change anything? As we look at these words, there's a few things that, that stand out. And the very first thing is that we are chosen. Right there in Peter's introduction... He writes to Christians, God's elect, scattered throughout the world. And they are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. And I don't know about you, but that is a precious truth for the Christian who understands that they are chosen by God. See, this life. In Jesus is no accident. It's not a mistake. It's not something that just happens randomly. Neither is it that's that is it something that you choose to take the initiative in. Now you do have a choice, but in coming to Jesus, that was planned well in advance. We read passages like Psalm 139, where David says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And he goes on to say, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them? Or similarly, in, in Romans 8, we read, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, he, for he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. And Paul goes on to say those precious words. What can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. Nothing. can separate us from the love of God. Why? Because God is sovereign. God is in control. And what he has ordained what he has chosen well that's secure. that's sure and we can have confidence that when we are in relationship with Jesus that that is that is secure in God's hands. But it doesn't end there. God doesn't simply choose us for no reason but we've heard in psalm and in romans and we hear it here we are chosen according to the foreknowledge of god the father through the sanctifying work of the spirit of the spirit for obedience to jesus christ and sprinkling by his blood there is a product there is a result because of god's decision and that is that we are to be sanctified to be made holy. And if you remember from our time in Leviticus. To be set apart. To be different. To be unique. To be unlike anything that the world knows. We are sanctified through the Spirit. The work of the Spirit. For obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by His blood. And so this choosing of Us by God, to be in relationship with Him, is to make us holy, to set us apart, to make us unique, to make us unlike the world around us. We're meant to stand out. We're meant to be different. And to be chosen by God is an invitation to experience and explore life like we don't No, To experience and to know life on a different level. Because it is life, unlike the life of this world. But there's something we need to understand. Because this life that is given to us doesn't simply come to us by birth or by right, or by virtue. No, it comes by the mercy of God. We read there in verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What What is is so precious about Resurrection Sunday, what is so precious about the rising of Jesus from the dead, is the, is the new, new life, life, the new birth, birth that it gives us and the hope it gives us. Do you hear those words? That the, that res- the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead gives us new birth into, into a living hope. But what, but what precedes that is that it comes from the mercy of God. I wonder if you understand this concept of mercy. Mercy is the withholding of punishment or discipline, wrath, anger. It's the withholding of those things when someone deserves to be punished or disciplined. And we, are told, and we are told, we're reminded here that God gives us life in His mercy. It's as a parent that chooses in a moment not to discipline or punish their child as an act of love, as an act of mercy. And God God does that for us. Why? Why does He he need to do that? Because Because as we're told, right from the the beginning of the the pages of Scripture, we have this problem called sin. We are sinful people. What is that? It is a rejection of God. It is a rejection of all that is good. It is a rejection of all that is holy. And we see that time and time again, and I don't know about you, but I see this in my own life day after day, that instead of trusting and depending on the good things of God, I instead reject them or turn my back on them, ignore them. And it is for that reason of sin That rejection of God, of ignoring God. That he shows us mercy. And he does that through the giving of Jesus. We remembered on Good Friday the death of Jesus. And today we remember the resurrection. And in God's great mercy, he gives us a new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve this gift that God has given us. But He chooses in His mercy to give us this gift of new life. Right? It's not that we choose to accept that. No, He has chosen us to be recipients of this gift. And this is what is so precious about the resurrection. Because in the resurrection, we are shown and we are given this precious gift of life, a new birth of hope for life. Time and time again, I find myself buying gifts or treats for my children. And then only moments later, they disobey, or they act unkindly to their siblings, or something or rather happens, and it frustrates me to no end. And I I wonder, why do I bother? I bother because of love. I bother because... I want to be merciful. And that's what God does for us. In his mercy, despite our sin, we're we're told in Romans, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you. Even in your sin, even in your rebellion, even in your rejection of God, Christ died for you. But he doesn't end there. He rises from the dead so that you can have a new life, a new birth filled with hope in him. That how precious is that. But it keeps going. Not only are we given a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus, verse 4, we receive, we are born into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This gift is not just this gift of life. It's not just this new birth, but it comes with an inheritance. Because you see, what happens is when you enter into a relationship with Jesus, when you are born again, as John says, when you are born again in Jesus, you are adopted into the family of God. And as you become a part of that family, you become an heir. You become a son and daughter of God. Did you get that? In entering into relationship with Jesus, you become a son or daughter of God. And because of that, you now have newfound rights to receive an inheritance from your Father. Your Heavenly Father. And it's unlike any inheritance. It's unlike our earthly inheritances. Right? The inheritance that we receive here may be property, a house, money, possessions. And all of those things are temporary. Temporary. They will fade. But this inheritance cannot perish. It will not spoil. It will not fade. It is eternal. It's indestructible. And its worth will always hold. If I could have an inheritance like that, here on earth, I wouldn't have a worry for tomorrow. I wouldn't have to worry about what I eat, what I wear, what I drink, how I feed my family, how I provide for them, what job I have. You see, this inheritance is a security, it is a bond. And that is what gives us hope. Because this inheritance, it doesn't perish, spoil or fade. And it is kept in heaven for you. And see, this is the thing. That if all you do is focus on this life that we have here and now. At some point you will find yourself frustrated. Lost. Without hope. Because the things of this world will fade. They will spoil. They will perish. Just as your body will. You will die. Now whether you die from natural causes or whether you die because of viruses and pandemics. That's not the point. The point is that one day you will die. And so will everything else in this world. And what makes this inheritance so precious is that it does not perish, spoil or fade. It will last into eternity because it is kept in heaven for you. Life on earth is not the end. Now it doesn't render or make this present life meaningless. Because why do we live? Well, we live because of hope. And in that living, we are being sanctified. In verse 2, we're being sanctified by the work of the Spirit. We're told in verse 6 that while we have this hope and while we rejoice in the resurrection of Jesus and the new birth that it gives us, though for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, right? This life on earth, and yes, it is temporary, it is still affected by sin. It is still tainted by sin. It's it's like a dish that you, you cook at home, and if you put too much salt, or too much pepper, or too much seasoning in it. Unless you bring it back, sometimes you just can't fix it. And if you've got nothing else to eat, well, you've got to eat it. And you see, we live in this world, we live in this life that is still tainted by sin. And while Jesus has died for the forgiveness of sin and the curse of sin has been broken, the effects of that sin still linger. And so for a time, there will be some suffering. There will be grief. There will be trials. But we have, remember, this inheritance kept in heaven that will not perish, that will not spoil, that will not fade. And it is kept for us in heaven. Not just that, it's shielded by God's power. And so that gives us strength, it gives us courage to persevere through whatever trials, whatever suffering, whatever grief that life might bring. And in all of that we are being sanctified. We are being made holy. We are being made to be different and unique from this world. And how is that done? Well, we're given an illustration here. It is like the refining of gold. And I don't know if you've seen gold being refined. But when gold is being refined, all the impurities bubble up to the surface. And the metal worker who is refining that gold will scrape off those impurities and get rid of them. And what is left then is pure gold. But see, we're reminded again that this pure gold, even though it's refined by fire, will perish. Gold will perish. And as much of an earthly security it is, it is not a heavenly one. It is not an eternal one. It too will perish and fade. But we have this hope. This inheritance that will not perish, that will not spoil, will not fade. It's been given to us through the resurrection of Jesus. And these sufferings, these trials, these moments of grief that we experience. And even this pandemic that we're living through right now. They are experiences that will refine us just as fire refines gold. And it will be painful. It will be difficult. But the product is pure gold. There is a momentary, a temporary pain to achieve pure gold. We value pure gold. How much m- more should we then value the life that is made pure, that is sanctified, that is made holy by the work of the Holy Spirit in our earthly lifetime? Friends, this is. One of the difficult things of life. That this earthly life is not promised to be pain-free. To be free of suffering. To be free of ailments and disabilities in life. They will still affect Us and others around us, our family, our friends. But see, we have to remember that we have this hope. This hope that we have a life, a salvation, that is waiting for us at the end as we are refined like gold. Because we want to get there without those sufferings being kept behind. That is the hope that we have. It is what we hold on to in this life. That tomorrow, some point when Jesus comes again. He will purify all of life, not just you and me. But he will purify all of life, all of creation, all of this world. Just as gold is refined in the fire, Jesus will purify it all. And the result will be something beautiful, something precious, something pure. And you know what? That life, that eternal life, that inheritance that is waiting for us is one that all the imperfections of life will no longer exist. The sin that battles and wages in our hearts. The physical struggles, the ill health, the sickness, the cancer, the disabilities that plague life. The anxiety, the worry, the stress, That fills our minds and our hearts. The loneliness. The isolation. The loss of relationship. All of those things will be purified by Jesus with fire. And made pure. Beautiful. Precious. Just like pure gold. And that is our hope. And the result of that, I hope, is a love for God. Peter writes, Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. That you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. See, the product of knowing God, the product of being, being in relationship with Jesus, the product of having this new life, this new birth, because of the resurrection of Jesus, the, the product of this sanctifying this purifying work of the Spirit as we go through the challenges of life is joy. Inexpressible, glorious joy. I don't know how many of you would think of things that way. For the student, it's the joy of accomplishing Or finishing an exam or an assignment after all the hard work that you've put in. It's the completion of a project at work or something that you're building. There's the painstaking toil that goes into those things. And when they're completed, there is a joy to be found in them. It doesn't take away from... The pain, the perseverance, and the investment. And that's what we're told here that this life, even though there is suffering, even though there is grief, even though there are trials which will come our way, the result is joy. Because through it, we are purified, we are sanctified, we are made holy, we are made different, we are made unique. We are made into something unlike, unknown to this world. And the result of this is an inexpressible and glorious joy. Because when Jesus comes again, we will receive the goal of our faith. The salvation of our soul. That is a precious gift that we have been given. As we remember the resurrection of Jesus, we remember the mercy of God. That while we were still sinners, God would send Jesus, his son, to die on the cross for our sins. While we turned our back and rejected Him, God sent Jesus to die for us. And that should draw us deep into an appreciation, into a gratitude, into a love for Him. Though we have not seen Him, we can love Him. Though we Do not see Him now. We can believe in Him. Because what is given to us. Is this new birth. This new life. And that is a precious gift. Because it is one that will give us hope. A living hope. It's not just some wishful, fanciful hope that tomorrow will be better. No, it is a certain living assurance that tomorrow will be better because Jesus is in the process of refining us. doesn't sound pleasant, I know. But there is this process of refining, of purification, of sanctification by the work of the Holy Spirit That we might be made pure as gold is purified by fire. So what are you living for? What is the goal of your life? What are you hoping to achieve? Whatever you are hoping to achieve, will it perish? Will it spoil Will it fade? Because if it does. If it will. Why are you holding on? Why do you hold on to things that will perish. That will spoil. That will fade. Because you see in Jesus. In the resurrection of Jesus that we remember today. You are being invited. Into A new birth, a new life that will give you the rights of a son and daughter of the living God, your heavenly Father. And there will be an inheritance that is imperishable, that will not spoil, that will not fade. It will last beyond this earthly life. What are you living for? Because when you seek to live this life that God has given you, there is an assurance and a hope that will carry you through, no matter what life throws at you. Now Now, there is no promise that it is pain-free. We're We're told very very clearly that that for a little while, There will be suffering and grief and trials of all kinds. But at the end of it is this promise of life. This promise that we can hold on to a living hope. And so friends, what are you waiting for? If you know Jesus... Will you hold on to him and remember this life that you have in him? A life that will give you hope no matter what comes. Whether it's trials in your family or in your relationships, in your workplace, in your school, in your future. No matter what they are, They will last for a little while, they will. But at the end of that is this inheritance, this promise of an eternal life where all of that suffering, grief, and trial and pain will be no more. So persevere through those things. Don't do it alone. Be sure to first and foremost come before God and seek Him to bring to life that hope that is in Jesus. But also, share that burden with your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why we're here. That's why the church exists. So that when we hurt, the church, the body of Christ, hurts with us. When we cry, when we mourn, when we grieve, the body of Christ does that with us. But maybe you're undecided about Jesus. If this sounds good to you, if you're getting what is being said here, if this is getting your attention, what are you waiting for? Why are you still waiting and holding on to things that will fade, that will spoil, that will perish? Because see, today is Resurrection Sunday. And we remember that Jesus not only died, but he rose again from the dead so that you might have life. You might have this new birth. Resulting in a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus. And if that doesn't sound appealing, I don't know what will. Because there is no way to escape the suffering and the grief and the trials of life. But to be able to go through them with a hope. That you know that at the end of that is something more precious than gold. Refined, pure gold that is worth taking hold of. And I hope that you take it. But friends, this is something that many in our world do not know. And time and time again, and maybe this is the time, it is a chance for us to declare and to proclaim to our world that there is hope, a living, lasting, eternal hope. And it is found in Jesus. As you go into your weeks, as you go into your months ahead, as we continue to navigate this unknown pandemic and what it will do to our world, we go with hope, with the assurance that comes only through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Friends, hold on to that hope because it will carry you through Each and every day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your great mercy. Your mercy demonstrated to us in the death of your Son, Jesus Christ, given to us. Because of that, is a new birth into a living hope that will stay with us until the end of time. For those of us who love you, who believe in the Lord Jesus, reassure us of that hope. Help us to persevere. Help us to hold on to that hope. And for those who do not know this hope, I pray that you will make it clear to them. Open their eyes to see, open their ears to hear, and open their hearts that they might receive all that is good from you. And so I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.